0: Hey, would y'all give John a hand and the band? It was wonderful tonight. It was so good. Uh, and John and some of these guys have been doing a D now this weekend, and so they came straight in to lead. And then he, would y'all give Heath a hand? He's, like, really good at mixing. This is his equipment and stuff. And we don't pay him anything, you know what I mean? Well, maybe we pay him a little bit, but but you do a good job, a good job. Um, and, like, I'm not speaking up here. I'm not going to do that. Um... Yeah, yeah, I'm going to make it pretty quick tonight. Uh, we're going to be in 6, Romans 6, chapter 15. I've got 12% on my iPad, so like I really just can't go very long. Uh, so we'll just see where we end up. <clears throat> okay, let's see what happens. Um, and then we'll need this at some point. Um, ch uh, let me, let, let's resettle back into the book of Romans really quickly. The first quarter of the book, the first um, quarter of the book is, is really this idea that God has been faithful to a promise he made to a guy named Abraham in the beginning of the Bible in Genesis 12. He's been faithful to a promise there uh, to deal with the sin of the world, to deal with the sin of humanity. Um, and, And so Paul is making the case in the first quarter of this book that God has been faithful to that promise. Jesus is the faithfulness to that promise. And in Jesus, God has dealt with the sin of the world. The sin of the world is so toxic because it separates humans from God. And in being separated from God, we fail to be the humans, the creatures, the beings that we were created to be. We weren't just created to exist, rather we were created to be in relationship with the God of all creation and then to steward, to exercise authority on this earth on His behalf. That's a big view of humanity. Uh, I believe it's a biblical view of humanity. So God has dealt with the sin of humanity and in dealing with the sin of humanity, we get to the argument of the second quarter of the book, chapters 5 to 8. That now that humans have been reconciled to God, He is going to begin the work of new creation. Okay, that's why we started a couple weeks ago with this statement. Remember Adam and look at Jesus. We looked at this statement where death came through Adam, but life came through Jesus. Sin came through Adam, but righteousness has come to through Jesus. And so what He's doing at the beginning of this section is saying back out, back out, back out, look at the big picture Adam is creation. Jesus is new creation. And Jesus stands in the middle of the story saying, I healed sin. I've reconciled you back to God. Now until I return, be about the business of new creation. Be about the business of of setting the world along the path that I intended to go originally. And then he will come along and finish it in the end, right? Revelation 21, it's really 19, where he comes in on in a horse, right? You know this part where he's got a sword coming out of his mouth, he's got tattoos on his leg, you know what I'm talking about? How many of you have never read Revelation 19? I have no idea what I'm talking about. It's all right. right, don't be, don't, be, don't be shy. Just read it, you know, like maybe tonight. It's really intense, it's weird, but it's, really, it's enjoyable, because Jesus is crazy. Uh, like he comes with a sword out of his mouth, tattoos on his legs. He's got a robe dipped in blood. And really the symbolism is all saying, I'm coming to put an end to the war. So like, I came in the middle of the story to give authority in the war. I came in the middle of the story to set you free from what was destroying humanity. Um, and now you're in the middle of this war still. Like you still have to fight along the way, but I'm going to come and put an end to it. But along the way, I want you to be walking in freedom and setting other people free from From their own personal things, but also bigger levels, oppression um, in a global sense. These things, new creation. So we're going from creation to new creation. You're getting locked up in this section, this idea that it will be Jesus working in and through the church and by his spirit in and through the church that new creation will begin and will culminate with him coming again. And that's where you get to Romans 8 where it's talking about all this this big language that the earth is in bondage and that the earth is actually crying out, waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. This is a big idea, right? That that, that God's plan for the entire cosmos will come to fruition in and through His people and it will culminate with Him finally coming in that Reve- Revelation 19 sort of style where He's like a ninja or something like that. I don't know what He is. Um, We're in the middle of that second part where he's talking about in this section what it's like for you, an individual, to go from creation to new creation, to go from death to life, to go from being a slave to one thing to now being a slave to God and what that really does to you. And so we're really looking at the personal level uh, tonight. So let me read, I've really got not much to say. Um so let me read uh we'll start like I said in verse 15. We'll go down to 23 we'll be done. Uh, I really want to hit 20 so I'm just going to go through 15 to 19 fairly quickly. Okay. What then are we to sin because we are not under law but under grace by no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves I'm speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. Basically, he's just saying there as I'm using this sort of analogy to let you feel and see what it's like to be committed to doing the wrong thing to death and to sin, to going from there and being committed to doing, the to say the right thing, but committed to God and following him wherever he's going to take you. I'm speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as once you presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness... So now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. Just real quickly, sanctification is an old um, religious term. Uh, it's used throughout history. But really the idea is something that is sanctified. like in the temple, if you were going to have a cup or a lampstand in the temple, you would need to like sprinkle a little blood on it. And cleanse it so that it can be used for something holy. So they would designate this thing is used in the temple. It has holy use. This thing is not used in the temple. This is like a bowl used to make bread, so it has common use. So when they say sanctify, that's really what they're saying. This is something set apart, set aside, and cleansed to be used for holy things. Um, and so that's what he's saying about us. As we, as we stop being slaves to sin and become slaves to God, slaves to righteousness, we then become set apart for holy use is basically what's going on there. But it's not something we do it ourselves. It's something that God does for us. So you see, the whole the idea of sp- sprinkling of blood, you're, you're thinking back to Jesus and his blood being spilt to sanctify his people. So even locked up in all the Old Testament is this shadow of Jesus. Anyway, let's go. and then this thing that y'all know if you're raised in the church. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Um, so this is a simple place I want to unpack. In verse 20, look at verse 20. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What does that mean? Uh, what does that feel like? What does that look like? Um, think, think in this way. Do you, can you, can you, Think of a time, maybe not in your own life, but you can picture it pretty well, I'm sure. Um, And and maybe you felt this a little bit when you came to college, and it's like your first year as a freshman. Once you get past sort of the nervousness of being like in this new place, away from everything you've ever known, and here we go, setting on this new path. But you get that sort of sense of freedom that literally you could do whatever you want to do. Like, if I want to skip class, hmm, I just want to go to class. Some of you can't do that because... You're not free, but that's fine. But you, okay, so you see, in, in, this, in this new place, I, I, I don't have some sort of expectation or some sort of rule on my life. Some of you may have even felt this. You come, uh, you, you were in church growing up, and then you come to college, and it's like, I don't have to go to church. I don't have to go to church anymore. I was made to go to church my whole life. Now I can go booty dance at the club get a little drunk, and I can just sleep in the next day. And, and, you, and you have freedom to do that. You have freedom to do that. Is booty dancing anything? Okay. so I, I thought I heard it somewhere. Okay. Old, I'm 31. Okay, so so when we leave rules, laws, expectations aside, when we leave those, there is a sense of freedom that we feel. And even, this is the way it's talked about within the culture, maybe you've even heard your friends who are not Christians, is you are being constrained by God, you're being constrained by Christianity from being free to do all that you want to do and can do and be. You're being constrained. And you get a sense that there's this constraining by the expectations of God or constraining by his law or his rules or however you want to think about it. And And you step out from underneath that and initially you're like, Oh, there's freedom to do all that I want to do. When I was 15, um, I was feeling constrained. I was grew up in a Baptist church. It was really aggressive. Uh, It wasn't bad. It just was, just didn't want to follow those rules anymore. And so I just, like, smoked weed a little bit and drank Goldschlager with people. It was weird, Um, right? It's just this weird thing that nobody, you know. He has a little gold flakes in the mud. It's terrible. But then I just, I, you know, it was this excitement, this freedom to do that what I wanted to do because I was pushing off these expectations and these rules and these laws. And I think that's what exactly what it means. You were free in regard to righteousness. But I want to know uh, something that happened to me that I feel like is kind of where this leads and what what Paul is talking about here in that initial sense, you feel this freedom to do what you want to do, and then you go down that road and you go down that course, and by the time you make it a good ways down that road of doing all that you want to do, you find, in fact, that you are not actually free, that you are actually a slave to something deeper and something more fundamental that you never really could put your finger on before. So I found after about six years that I was a fearful, anxious, insecure person. And even though by doing some drugs and going to parties, I got affirmation from people, it never really healed the insecurity, which really drove me to do a lot of the things I was doing. So I really found that even in doing what I wanted to do and putting off these rules and laws, I found that underneath that, I was not free. I was actually a slave to some very deep things. I was actually still a slave. But I was a slave to things that I really couldn't see and really couldn't understand. And I think it looks different for everybody. Like we all have come to this place where we find out we cannot become the people that we want to be. Or we cannot shake emotions that take control that we don't want to be there anymore. Maybe it's anger and you see yourself exploding in anger too much and you finally get to a place where it's like I don't want to be that angry guy but then you find out after that that even though I decided I don't want to be that angry guy I can't shake loose of the anger or maybe it's porn or something like this some passion some lust where I, I know I have this deep desire for this thing that I should not want and I really try not to but I find myself unable to shake free from the desire for that thing Maybe it's a girlfriend who's long gone. A relationship that you deeply want but can't find yourself getting. There's so many things we find ourselves. Or the expectation of what a relationship will do for you. And you know deep down it won't fully satisfy, but you just can't shake the notion of your need for it to really be the thing that might set everything right. It might bring the affirmation. You, know, I, you know, I don't know what it is, but I think when we go down this road, we even find ourselves... You know, I went down the road of addiction, and I found myself a slave to those things that I thought I was free to do. I found myself addicted to cocaine. I found myself not uh, really addicted to weed, because chemically I don't think that's really possible, but psychologically very possible. It was this thing I took all of my joys and all of my struggles and all of my pain to... It's what bound me and my friends together. I was a slave to it. I was really a slave to it. Same thing for Xanax. I became a slave to Xanax. And in this freedom that I exercised, I found out that I wasn't really free. Does that land? Do you feel uh, have you had at least some sense of that sort of course of life that in some sort of freedom, you begin to walk down that path and find out I'm not literally a free individual. I cannot become who I want to become. I cannot do the things I know I should do. I just am not free. I'm a slave to something. And then he turns in verse 21 and he says this. He sort of calls you to remember that place in your life. He says, what fruit were you getting from the things of which you're now ashamed? Can you think back, and maybe you're in the middle of it now. Maybe this was only a week ago that you have to think back to. Can you think back that as you pursued this place of freedom, you were free concerning rights. I'm going to do what I want to do. And as you pursued doing what you wanted to do, um, you found yourself doing things that you didn't really necessarily like, but you really couldn't control. And then now you can look back on that and say, like, ugh, I'm ashamed of that? And Paul asks, like, what were you getting out of that? What fruit were you getting out of that? What good was coming from that? What can you look at that and say, there is some fruitfulness coming out of living in that place? And he calls you to say, okay, what, what fruitfulness were you getting from that? Of these things of which you're now ashamed. And before we turn the corner, because we're, we're on the edge of the book turning, right? He's going to then turn and say, but now you're free because of the work of Jesus, to do away with these things that control you. Really, Jesus has acted in history and in our lives to do away with the things that we find ourselves to be slaves to. Slaves to anger, slaves to insecurity, slaves to anxiety, slaves to addiction. Whatever those things are that you feel like you can't get past, um, I don't know how long you've been trying to get past them, but what we find is that there is actually power in Jesus' name to deal with those things, that even those things are powerful. Jesus is a greater power, and it's not necessarily a pill that you take. It's a relationship you enter into, and you walk alongside him, and he walks alongside you, and he sets you free of those things as you submit to him in obedience. That's what it says. Like, I became a slave to obedience which led to righteousness, is exactly what he says. But it happens because there is actually power, a greater power than addiction, than anxiety, than fear. That's what John was saying as he's singing, right? That's exactly what he's saying. There is a greater, anxiety is a powerful thing. It's not a powerless thing. Fear is a powerful thing. It's only that there is a greater power at work than that. And that's really what he's saying in here. It's because that power is at work and the power at work is Jesus operating through his spirit to set free from those things. We become slaves to obedience leading to righteousness. And he's saying once that sort of fold happens, once that takes place in a a, a person's life, then they begin to be used for eternal things. They begin to bear fruit, which leads to eternal life is what this says. So because I'm a pastor, for some reason I think most of y'all think I'm not actually a human. Um, And so it's weird, I I know. Y'all think like I can live some holy life, but you just can't or something like that, right? So, uh, uh, really, Madeline is, is interpreting, you have to come up here. Um, and, and Madeline is someone uh, who is an intern, she's a resident now, uh, she's someone I've sort of walked alongside for a while now, I got to see a lot of her story, got to see, you'll have to take that, um, 10%. Ooh. Um, so Madeline's a person I feel like I've seen this transition take place to a large degree. Like, I've seen her go from one place, to, and I've seen it rather lucidly. Like, I've seen this whole process take place. So, I kind of wanted you, you'll have to step over here in the middle. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, oh, but I'll need this in case I have to ask you questions. Um, I kind of want you, Madeline, to tell, tell us just a little bit of, like, that process. Before, kind of during, after, where, you know, kind of what we talked about earlier. I told her, like, three hours ago she had to do this, so. Yeah yeah just don't you know don't do it down here just they're doing good Yeah, yeah, good overview. That's good. So I got. Th- I'm gonna ask you a couple things. Um, and you kind of hit on that. Can you say some things that like Paul is talking? about, um, You know what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um,
1: y'all are all strangers. Hi. Um, <laughs> so I guess something I'm ashamed of. <laughs>
0: That's right, yeah. <laughs> cool. But yes, yeah.
1: Is, um, I think, how do I say this? Um, okay, so I would meet up with people, and they would be like, this is what's going on in my life. Like, I'm really upset. And I would tell them answers. I'd be like, you know, Jesus is Lord. Like, Jesus is great. And then literally... Two hours later, it would be a Thursday night, and I would be drunk, and I would just be drunk, and, um, or I would go to New Orleans that weekend. A lot of my family lives in New Orleans, um, and I would have a boyfriend, and he wouldn't come with me, and I would go, and I would end up dancing on a pool table with other guys, just whatever. I don't care, um, and I think, um, uh, yeah, and so just like dumb, <laughs> dumb decisions that I was making, Um, and I know that like, just like with, I just went through a bad breakup and I was just like distraught. It was like, my heart was just like ripped from me and just like stabbed 1200 times. And I was just like, what the, and it was like, I, (laughs) I didn't know like how to like handle that. And it was just like, I've never experienced heartbreak before. Like I, I, I don't know what to do with this. And it was just like that feeling of just like, okay, I'll be perfect in church. Like I'll be perfect, like going through life. But then like, oh my gosh, this is so heavy, I can't do this anymore, I'm tired, I'm, I'm done, I'm quit, I'm tired, I'm going to watch Gossip Girl, or I'm going to, I don't know, something to distract me, um, and so it was just like, struggle, 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 I am so tired of faking this, and so I'm going to zone out and watch Gossip Girl, or I'm going to go get drunk so I don't have to think about anything, um, so.
0: Okay. So if you have if like, you, have a, you know, a drinking problem and you want to apply for the internship, that's what we're looking for. That's what we're looking for. <laughs> okay, um, and because I think in church this can come off as really like, hey, if you come up and pray, then all your problems are going to go away, you know what I mean? So how did this like time of transition where you found yourself doing these things you didn't want to do, how did this time of transition place to where you sort of come through on the other side of that? What, what, what was going on in there, as best as you can think back and remember, like what was going on in there?
1: Um, how I transitioned.
0: Yeah, what was like, what was it that made you say like, I'm done being this way and I want out of here? Okay. And then maybe what caused you to want to go out of there? And then what was that like, that sort of transition time?
1: Okay. Um, I think it was, I am so tired. I am so exhausted of fighting this. This was, like, over a year of just, like, just waking up crying or, I don't I don't know, just being a girl. And um, it was just, like, I was so, so tired of fighting this. And so I would wake up in the morning. I would have had, like, some dumb dream about my ex-boyfriend and, like, woken up crying. And then I would have been, like, Lord, like, I don't want this. Like, I would get on my knees and I would just, like, cry out to the Lord. Like, literally just, like, Lord, like, I am in so much pain like you are literally this is my last resort like you are literally my last resort and I did that for like a full semester like a full semester um just like crying and crying to the Lord and I mean something over like as dumb as a breakup and like I know like other people have gone through like way worse and like it's it's dumb but it was it really like hurt my feelings and I like really it really broke me, like, that was the last straw for me for some reason, Um, and so I think it was just, like, this slow process of just, like, oh, my gosh, like, coming to the Lord again and again and again and again and again and again, and then it was very slow, like, the process was so slow of the Lord finally being, like, okay, like, maybe I won't wake up crying the next day, and I didn't, and then Maybe I'm not going to have this awful nightmare about them, and I, I didn't, and just stuff like that just started happening, and it was just this slow, like, I'm so tired of fighting that I will, I, okay, whatever you say, God, whatever, I'll do it, I'll do it, and I'm going to be faithful with this, and so I think last fall, I started being like, okay, whatever it is, I'm going to do it, and so it's been like a year now, a year and a half that I've been like, okay, I'm going to do this, and so now it's like, oh, yeah, the Lord's like come through. He's like legit. He is like legit, and you're not a pastor,
0: and you're not being paid to say this. Good. No, okay. I'm really not. <laughs> um, tell me now, maybe over the last couple months, in and in maybe to use the language that Paul uses, that in, a, in in one sense, you finally said, because of desperation or whatever this is, I'll just do whatever you say. Like, I really want to be obedient. I want to be faithful to to what, you're, what you want to do. What does life sort of feel like? feel like what does it feel like now maybe that's just a good way of putting
1: okay um okay so I just like developed this habit of like starting to talk to the Lord more just because I like really needed him um but it's like somehow in that time it was like the need became like a want and it was like if I woke up and I didn't pray it was like oh my my day's a little off like what the (laughs) oh okay (laughs) I I really wanted like I missed my time with the Lord and so it's like I just like started like Wanting to talk to the Lord um, and wanting to like experience more of Him and just like really uh, hang out with the Lord. That's a weird, (laughs) Um, but just like really be with the Lord. And so it's just like praying more and more. And as I started praying, it started being like less like (laughs) I'm in pain, but more like, oh, like Lord, like you really are a huge God. Like, oh my gosh, like you made the world and you made everything, and, oh, you care, you care about me, and, like, this little problem that I have, like, my junior year of college, or whatever it was, and it's, like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm so, and it was just, like, this change of mindset of, like, how I prayed to the Lord, um, and so now it's, like, there, (laughs) there is freedom in the Lord, like, I will definitely say that, that you can walk confidently, like, with the Lord, like, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, um, I, I, wake up, and I, like, pray, and I'm just, like, Lord, like, and if something happens, like, some person, they hurt my feelings, and I'm, like, Ugh. and I could, like, get mad at them, but instead, it's, like, no, Lord, like, how do you see this person, like, what, how do you see this person, and so I've prayed that a lot, and a lot of times, the Lord will just be, like, um, be very gentle with this person, or, like, well, I'll, like, see this picture of, like, um, this person, like, as a lamb stuck in a forest, and it's, like, oh, Lord, what does that mean, like, what, what's going on here, and it's, like, oh, this person, like, they're really struggling, they're really stuck, and oh, my gosh, and, like, my heart, like, changes for this person, and so I'm, like, more loving towards them, and I'm, like, praying for them more, and so it's, like, where that person, like, they said that to me, and it's, like, no, no, but I understand on a deeper level, this is what's going on, this is how they're feeling, and so my interactions with them is very different because of that, and it's, like, Now it's, like, starting to go to the Lord for every single thing. It's just, like, in a conversation even. Someone's telling me, and they're, like, oh, my gosh, I'm, like, really anxious. And I'm, like, oh, baby, like, why are you anxious? Like, uh uh-uh. Like, there's so, like, the Lord is, like, (laughs) the Lord is so much more than this anxiety. Like, he has such a bigger plan for your life. Like, oh, why are you worried about this test? Like, the Lord's plan is so much greater than this little test, like, okay, you fail, like I'm sorry. Like, but like the Lord's like his plan will work out.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. that's and free to air out your business in front of everybody. Yeah, yeah. And right, free right, to right. say
1: this and not feel any shame about like what I've done in the past because like the Lord like I am clean, I am holy and my interactions throughout the day is just like I'm just kind of walking along and I'm like, hmm, maybe I should go to Java Jacks. Like I need to study. And so I go there and then this person happens to be crying and sees me, and they walk up to me, and they tell me this story, and it's just like, oh, I'm really glad that I just happened to be sitting here, and it's like, that happens, like, 10 times a day for me, like, just walking on campus, and I see someone I know, and they're, like, really upset, and I'm like, oh, I'm glad that we got out of class 10 minutes early, and I just happened to be walking right here, and so it's just, like, an easy sort of, I'm not doing anything, I'm just going along my day, and the Lord's just kind of using me in all these weird different ways that I'm not doing anything, I really not, and, like, even listening to people, it's just, like, I just kind of tell them what it is, and it's not even me speaking, like, it's just, like, the Lord just, like, using me again and again, and it's just, like, such a contrast of, like, this is where I was, where I'm, like, uh, and now it's, like, oh, Yeah, life. Yeah, it's it's easy. It's light. It's it's literally what the Bible says.
0: (laughs) Amen, amen. Thank you, Madeline. Thank you. So to to wrap up, to wrap up uh, that last line in verse twenty three that's so famous that you probably heard. For the wages of sin is death. For the wages of sin is death. When you find yourself in this place where you're not free and where you really feel like a slave to something, typically what, what that feels like, what that's, what, what it is, is like you're working through the day tirelessly to satisfy an emptiness in you that seems like it'll never be satisfied, or to get something that you just can't get, or to think that if I just get this one thing, that after I get that one thing, when I get around the bend, it's just gonna be this straightaway, and life is gonna be easy, and everything is gonna be fine. And you never find yourself able to satisfy the emptiness to get past the thing that you feel like you need to get past. And so you find yourself working tirelessly to satisfy self, to feel secure to do away with the things that create anxiety and that's why it says the wages of sin is death like working and working and working as a slave the payment that you get for that is death it doesn't lead to life and then he says but the free gift of God is eternal life you see in the context of this verse This isn't just saying like I've been saying for a while. He's not saying the wages of sin is death and now you can, this free gift of going to heaven. What he's saying is you can become the human that you were created to be. Matthew 11, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke and learn from me. Learn how to live as I live. Learn how to trust the Father as I trust the Father. Learn how to trust the Spirit as I trust the Spirit. And as you do that, you walk through life restfully, doing what the Lord has called you to do. Ephesians ten, right, by Ephesians 2.10, by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not your own doing, it's the gift of God. But there were good works created for you to walk in. And you see even in Ephesians it's talking about the same thing. That there is a life that you can walk in. There are good deeds the Lord has planned for you to walk in that isn't working for satisfaction it's dealing with the things that you feel like you're a slave to so that you don't have to think about fixing them every time you wake up it's dealing and and it's not like it's all going to get dealt with in a day like madeline said it's a process of submitting everything to the lord and becoming obedient to what he has for you finding life and power in his name And then moving through this life in the way that he's called us to be humans who are taking part in new creation. Who have life in Christ and not death in Adam. And that's really a simple thing that has to be worked into the complexity of our lives. Because all of our lives are different and all of our lives have different things going on. We have to work that into the complexity of it. Realizing that everything that you feel like has power over you, Jesus is a greater power. Let me pray for us. We are going to worship a bit more, not too much more, but we want to worship a little more. Um, And like always, and like I said last week, there are people up here that want to pray for you. Um, You don't have to be on the edge of despair. They just want to pray for you. And we're trying to cultivate this place into uh, a place where we are family. Um, and so we want to have people available to pray with you about a test you may have, about something that's not that difficult but it's giving you a little stress. Whatever it is, big or small, we want to be a group of people that come together, that pray together, that worship together. And so there'll be people up here that want to pray for you about anything you've got going on. So please take advantage of that uh, while we worship. Of course, if you've got to go, please do it quietly.